Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast. I'm sure you get comics, pop culture, and sports. And it is sports time as we are talking week six. Six! In the National Football League. Uh, don't call it a comeback, but we were gone for a couple weeks. But we're back now, and away we go. Joining me today, if we're talking football, you know I got Bill Needles here. How is it, how's it going, Bill? It is going very well. Thank you, sir. All right. Great to hear your voice again. And rounding up the trifecta, as always, is Craig Needles. How the heck are you, Craig? I uh, continue to press on. Let's, uh, let's get to week six. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... We missed a couple weeks since then. It's been, uh, you know, the, the more things change, the more they stay the same for my Detroit Lions. Craig, or Billy's uh, Vikings are 4-1. and one. They're, they're having a bit of a time. Yeah. And, Craig, dare I say it, the worst five-game stretch in Denver Broncos history? Uh, it's, it's certainly got to be up there. I it's, it's... There's, def- there's definitely something to be said for that, yes. There is yeah. definitely something to be said. I have never seen. And and here's the thing, and and we'll get to it when we talk to Denver, I suspect. But um, the injuries are massively piling up. Like, even if they figure it out, they may. So, even if they figure out, like, you know, the offense or whatever it is, they might be just in a really, really, really bad way. That being said, uh, the defense is extremely good. So. Yeah. Uh, so recording this on a Friday night, so we got a little bit better information. And uh, just in time for us to record on Friday since uh, Thursday night football is officially dead. Uh, yeah, no reason to watch those games anymore. Uh, but we're going to press on. We've had a couple of middling... One touchdown in the last nine... Or sorry, two touchdowns. Two touchdowns yeah. in the last nine quarters of Thursday night football. Yeah, pretty, <laughs> pretty brutal. Yeah, Al Michaels is there just talking to Herb Street. He's like, hey, Herb, anything to add? And Herb's like... Eh. No. <laughs> like, like dynamite drop in her. <laughs> yeah, it's just, oh, so bad. All right, so we've had a couple of middling weeks, and I equate it to the fact that we uh, were unable to uh, come on the pod in weeks four and five. So we're, we're the three of us, we're treading water right now. Let's, uh, let, let's turn it around with this one. First up, your Minnesota Vikings, Bill, head to Miami to take on the Dolphins, and the Vikings are getting three in Miami. This is, and this actually opened up at this opened up at Vikings minus three and a half, so they were getting the hook, and they are no longer getting the hook. The sharps uh, came in hard, and I think this is a this just seems like a bad spot for your Vikings. I'm not gonna lie, Even though, uh, the the Dolphins might be like Bridgewater's gonna play this game, right? And I know Dolphins fans were uh, kind of pissed off that Teddy got pulled from the game last week, but uh, you brought this on yourselves, and you reap what you sow for all that bullshit that you pulled with. Uh, with Tua Tagovailoa, and you know you attempted to skirt the system there, and and uh, wait, we didn't get to talk about that uh, on the pod, and I'm glad I, I'm kind of glad we didn't do the pod that week because I would have been particularly heated about that that whole Tua thing. I was texting Craig before the game. I could not believe he was on the field. It was obvious to everybody involved. You did not need a medical degree to figure out what was going on there. And then, and here's the frustrating part about it. Mm-hmm is all plausible deniability that Miami would have had as far as this situation goes went completely out the window when it turned out they were playing a Thursday game, right? Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. just by the NFL's rules, he couldn't have cleared protocol in time for a Thursday game. Like, you could have hypothetically, like, stick-handled around, like, you know, him clearing protocol and all that stuff. They didn't do it, and it was just... It was incredibly gross, and I hope that he is okay. Um, He was uh, just... Yeah, I just... I hope he's okay. Yeah, I didn't respond to it in the time. I kind of wanted to on Twitter, but I'm glad I didn't because I was just so pissed off in the moment. But like when JJ Watt went like, JJ Watt tweeted something like, "Stop showing it!" Like when we saw that fencing reaction from uh, yeah. from Tua, he was like, "Stop showing it!" And I wanted to tweet back him, "No, keep showing it. Keep showing how disgusting this is." And because I, I want that image in people's heads next time their player hits the deck and stands up and is wobbly. And they're like, no, 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 just get him back out there. I want everybody to, to just, I want that image of Tua with his hands curled, burned into everybody's memory. Because that, like, you have to see it get that gross sometimes, I think, before people are, are, are able to actually make changes. And here we are with the NFL doing, you know, their version of sloppy changes, which happened in week five with the just unconscionably horrible roughing the passer calls that flip two games this weekend. Uh, and it was just, well, it oh. really, it really didn't like, it didn't flip the chiefs Raiders game. Fair. Yeah. One, but, 
Uh, <laughs> it's and, still and, dreadful. And, you know, Absolutely dreadful, though. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. Um, I, I tweeted uh, on the Tua thing, the Miami Dolphins, a franchise punished by the league for an ethical choice this offseason, should get an even worse reprimand for what's happened with Tua over the last five days. And geez, like my... Uh, my mentions just got absolutely flamed for it. Well, the Dolphins absolutely. fans on Twitter are, they've got tinfoil hats, man. They are, they are. I just a, don't understand how someone can look at the Dolphins organization, which yeah. does unethical stuff all the time, and think, hey, maybe they didn't do an unethical thing this time. Like, it's very clear. Yeah. And like the one, like, you know, this, this one, this Dolphins fan that I mentioned, and he's like, uh, he's like, you're not a doctor. And then I quote tweeted Dr. Chris Nowinski. You know, yeah. saying, hey, this is bad. And he's like, well, that's a, he's just an anti-CTV activist. Oh, you mean a doctor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just a doctor thinks CTE is bad. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you mean the guy who went into the medical uh, field because his wrestling career got ended because his brains were scrambled a bunch of times because of chair shots to the head? Had something intelligent to say? Yeah. I just, wow! I just have a very, very hard time separating anti-CTE activist and doctor, and thinking those two things are going to be different. You know what and, I mean? Like, you know, and like, not what the hell is an anti-CTE What the hell is an anti-CTE activist anyway? I've never like, heard that phrase before in my I'm life. I'm going to read the exact quote from this idiot. The neuroscientist you retweeted is an anti-CTE activist. He's motivated <laughs> to shed this in a negative light before he due said, process. He, he, quoted, <laughs> he quoted neuroscientist in his tweet. Like, he said, neuro, like, he, he, the second he was typing out the he, neuroscientist, that's your, like, key to fucking stop, bud. You're out of your depth. <laughs> like, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, he's just one of these neuroscientists think brain damage is bad. Find somebody else. Like, <laughs> oh, oh no, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Oh God. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that treat, you know, did some did some numbers, and uh, and there was a bunch of people that had some things to say about it, most mostly positive. But that that's something that stuck out for, for me is there are a lot of people who uh, who somehow think this is that that what happened there was was okay. To hit this man suffering two concussions in the space of five days. Oh, so awful. Anyway, let's move on and discuss this game that we struggle to love these days, but it is what it is. Uh, Billy, your Vikings heading to Miami, getting points, or sorry, giving points. We're, we're at the point since we're in week six. The DVOA rankings are starting to take shape. There, we're getting a big, much bigger sample size. Uh, Miami and Minnesota are 19th and 20th, so. By all accounts in the DVO rankings, this is an even match. So, you know, like I know that doesn't go into when Vegas is factoring in the lines and whatnot. And obviously, like the Dolphins will be playing backup quarterback. Miami, Miami, uh, you know, achieved that rating uh, with mostly Tua Tagovailoa and or Teddy Bridgewater playing quarterback. And that's not going to be the case this week. That's true. Sorry, they are getting Teddy or no? I, I thought no. Teddy- neither of those guys are playing. It's going to be this. Uh, it's going to be Skylar Thompson again, who okay. uh, did not look great against the Jets. I think yeah. it's fair to say. I was oh, on was... defense if Bridgewater was going to play, but if yeah, it's got to be Minnesota in this situation if Bridgewater's not playing either. Like I love Bridgewater's ability to keep a game close, but I'm all on Minnesota if uh, if he's not playing. And my only concern is that your team is one and four against the spread and have showed a propensity to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory spread wise in <laughs> Kirk Cousins' playing career. That's yeah. that's the only this one looks a little too sweet. I don't think it'll be one of my fives, but I think if there was a water gun to my head, I I might be looking at the Dolphins, but I just I think Skyler's a little bit too much of a variable for me. I just don't want to be laying three with the Vikings on the road. Uh, so that's one and one Craig tiebreaker. Uh, I want Minnesota. Like I, I just, I just think that the Vikings' offense is going to move the ball real well in this game, and the Miami offense is going to be playing with a third-string quarterback. So I will take the Vikings. All right. Uh, next up, the New England Patriots, coming off a absolute shellacking of the Detroit Lions at home, will head to Cleveland to take on the Browns. The Browns, uh, this opened up at Browns minus three, and so the Browns are getting the three-point home bump, and it has since been brought down to Browns minus two and a half, so some money in some form has come in on the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots, who will be starting uh, Bailey, don't worry, be zappy in this game. And <sighs> DVOA-wise, where is New England? Uh, New England is 16th, and Cleveland is 12th, so this is relatively even. This is just... 
two teams that are kind of they're kind of same sides. They're kind of two sides of the same coin. These are both two teams who just want to kind of run the ball and control the clock and limit the mistakes that their quarterback could potentially make. And they both obviously have pretty decent coaching. I just think in the end, if I'm if I'm this is not going to be one of my five. I came close to putting the Browns in there, but with the, the Patriots, the money coming in on the Patriots, I kind of got scared off. But I think with water gun to my head, I might be on the, the, the Cleveland Browns in this one because I think ultimately they're just going to have more talent and be at home. Uh, Craig, what do you think? I feel the same way. I don't, I don't love the game either way, but I think Cleveland, if I have to pick one, um, I think that the Browns will be able to move the ball a little bit better than Detroit did last week. That was kind of just an everything-goes-your-way game for New England. I don't think they're going to have another one of those in them. Give me the Browns. Uh, not much to discern spread-wise. They're both uh, pretty even at uh, two and three, so nothing nothing out of the uh, ordinary so far there. Billy, uh, Cleveland getting two and a half. What do you think? Yeah, I got to take the points here. These are uh, two mediocre teams. Like you said, they're both going to keep the ball on the ground probably quite a bit. I, I'm thinking pretty slow-paced. I'm thinking, you know, much like Thursday night football, maybe one touchdown in the game. So I'm going to take as many points as I can get my hands on here. So give me New England on this one. All right. I like the under in this game. Next up, the San Francisco 49ers to he- head to Atlanta, Hotlanta, to take on every gambler's favorite team. 5-0 against the spread, the Atlanta Falcons getting five points at home in a divisional matchup. God, the stuff it's we dream not, about, guys. Not a divisional matchup. Oh, sorry, you're right. It's not a divisional Sorry, I got a little too excited there with the five. You're right, it's not a divisional matchup. My bad. I got a little too excited, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, San Francisco also it doing very well against the spread, though. In 2001, it would have been a divisional matchup, but Fair it's been enough. about 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Get get up to date, man. Live in the now, Pierce. Uh, the, these two teams have combined eight and two against the spread. Uh, so something's got to give on this one. This opened up at Falcons minus five and a half, and the Sharps came in on the Falcons yet again, and we lost that little half point there. So right now it's Niners minus five. I kind of like the Falcons again against the spread. Uh, Billy, what do you think on this one? Yeah, I... I... I think the Niners have this one. I'm tempted by those points, but I think the Niners are going to be able to move the ball on the ground pretty comfortably. Atlanta has not been great. They've just been keeping in it. Uh, so I'm going to say San Francisco here. I think when they're faced with a with a pretty darn good team, they're going to be uh, at a loss here. So I'll go with San Francisco. Yeah, Atlanta's just been doing it all with with. Just great offensive scheme right now. Just drawing up a lot of a lot of a lot of stuff, a lot of trick plays, a lot of misdirections. They they, they got it going with, right now. They're a fun Marcus team to watch Mariota when they got the ball. With Marcus Mariota quarterback, they're sitting at tenth in DVOA on offense. That's not bad. I mean, yeah. they were they were scoreless for three quarters um, last week. They had fifteen in the final quarter. Um, yeah, they they were moving it. They were moving it a little, and then kind of having some trouble in the red zone. But yeah, that's yeah. Fair. They were getting a few first downs here and there, and they were picking up yardage. The yardage wasn't bad at all. It was just they didn't put points on the board when they needed to. And obviously, they got hosed by that just awful, awful roughing the passer call on Tom Brady uh, that they had on on Which, Tom Brady. Oh. Tom Brady got fined today for that play because he kicked Grady Jarrett when it was over. Oh yeah, and if you watch. If you watch the replay real close yeah. on that one, Tom Brady first sees the flag. He's of the belief that the flag is on him. Yeah. And then he realizes it's on Atlanta and he shuts up and just like walks 15 yards down the field. He's like, oh, better not talk about this with anyone because I know that I have scammed one here. Yeah, he. I just don't get it. It's not his fault that, I don't know, it's not Grady Jarrett's fault that he's fucking 42 years old. <laughs> like, and like... Yeah. But, and they didn't throw the flag until Tom Brady literally asked for it. It was just so horribly <laughs> yeah. transparent. God, absolutely awful. Uh, what do you think against the spread in this one, Craig? I like the Falcons. Mm-hmm. I, I I know that you know, I know that you're not getting the uh, the half point that you want, but I, I I I like the Falcons. I I just I don't think they're. They're that bad. I'm not sure about the 49ers' ability to necessarily move the ball consistently. Uh, give me the Falcons here. You're getting that many points at home, Atlanta. All right, love it. Uh, moving on, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are heading to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. And, oh, boy, the Pittsburgh Steelers, for the first time in our lifetimes, I think, gentlemen, they're a bad football team. I mean, I yeah, know. it's been a long time. 
Last couple of years, it was... But, yeah. Yeah, last couple of years been a little sketchy. But, you know, when you went into Pittsburgh, uh, they, they sure as hell weren't given nine. Uh, I don't know. Pickett didn't look too good to me, man. The, the only thing that... that, that I, I realized it was his first start. But the thing that was scary to me was he could not throw the ball at all in the bad weather. Like, like his, he, he, his, the second the ball left his hand in that weather, it was a duck. And I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, if that man's career goes the way he thinks it's going to go, he has a decade of playing outside in Pittsburgh in, you know, the bad now, months. He played his, he played his college career outside in Pittsburgh. Fair. Um, I, I'm willing to give that a little bit of a, uh, like, let, let, let's see. Cause here's, here's the, the game script for Kenny Pickett there. His defense opens the game by giving up a 98-yard touchdown. His special teams fumbles the ensuing kickoff. And then his defense immediately gives up another touchdown. Like, I understand that Pickett didn't look good, but, like, from a game script perspective, if that's going to happen to you in Orchard Park and Josh Allen is just, like, you know, the NBA jam, he's on fire situation, like, that's it. You know what I mean? That's your first NFL start. I'm willing to give you a little bit of a pass on that. Uh, I, I I don't think the Steelers are good, to be clear. I just am not making any grand proclamations on Kenny Pickett's abilities because, you know, being down 14 before you even touch the ball in Buffalo, it's hard to imagine a more difficult starting situation than that one for him. Yeah, you're making some great points. It's just, again, it's just a weather thing that kind of frightened me where I'm like, what's going on there? It doesn't seem like he has the arm strength. Like, and to be a... thing, he was never a big arm guy, but he was able to – He's able to navigate it, like, you know, in the very same city that he plays professional football in. He played college football there and was able to somewhat navigate it at, you know, the other stop. I know it's a different game now. To me, if anything is going to get him, it's the fact that, you know, he's not like he doesn't have the same zip on the ball uh, that some of these other elite guys do. And he's not going to be able to, you know, f- you know, find the same windows that the, the Mahomes and the Allens of the world are going to find. Uh, we'll see what the what, what Kenny Pickett winds up being, but I, I just I just to me if you're evaluating Kenny Pickett, I'm just throwing that entire game in the garbage. Everything yeah. about it. I, ultimately, I think you're going to be right. Bucks Steelers in Pittsburgh. This line opened up at Bucks minus eight, and it is now Bucks minus nine and a half, which is absolutely shocking to me. This I don't think is going to be one for the faint at heart, gentlemen. I think you're going to need uh, this is a, a I'm I'm going to coin a new phrase here. This is going to be a chutzpah game, I think, because I think you need the chutzpah to take the Pittsburgh Steelers in this game. Because the way the Bucks are going right now, they shouldn't be laying nine points on the road to anybody, let alone the Steelers, who do have a a shot at being one of the worst teams in the league right now. Uh, let's say you, Bill. Yeah, very similar. Like, I'm looking at this line and I'm thinking, okay, they're giving like a Super Bowl champion that kind of respect. But that, that's not how they've played the first five weeks. They've played the first five weeks like a decent team, but absolutely not game-stopping. And giving them nine and a half points uh, on the road, like, it's too many. I'm taking Pittsburgh. I don't love it because Pittsburgh is bad. Uh, all the stuff you guys said about the quarterback, absolutely true. I think he'll get better, but he doesn't have the surrounding team right now. This seems like the type of guy that's getting put in a terrible position where two years from now we're going to wonder why he's still bad, even though he still has bad wide receivers and bad everything. So I think he's in a bad spot, and I don't think it's getting any better, but I'm still taking Pittsburgh here. Uh, Craig, we're both on Pittsburgh. What say you? This is a, this is a game that I'm not going to bet on. Uh, I lean Tampa Bay only because only like the defense is sitting at third in DVOA. And do I trust Pittsburgh's offensive line to deal with some of the, the exotic blitz stuff that Tampa Bay likes to do? Do I trust Kenny Pickett to diagnose that stuff for the line of scrimmage? That's, that's a double no on that. I just think that there's there's a defensive touchdown in here for Tampa Bay somewhere. That's that's where I lean, but I, I don't trust the Bucks offense enough, even though Pittsburgh, if you look at their injury report, no Minka Fitzpatrick, no Pratt, no Pat Fryermuth. He's not playing in this game either. Like they're missing some guys that are that are important guys. I I, I lean Tampa Bay, but I'm not gonna put them as one of my five. That explains why the line moved actually. It wasn't money, it was the fact that the in the uh Pittsburgh is losing a couple of key guys. Yeah, there's a few guys in Pittsburgh who are, and there's another guy in the secondary too. Like there, there's, there's a few guys who are missing, and 
the Steelers can't afford to be missing guys because they're not good when everyone's there. So you can only yeah. imagine what the backups are going to this is the biggest discrepancy DVOA wise of the week. Pittsburgh's ranked 27th and Tampa Bay's fourth. Whew. Uh, I, again, I think this is a, a classic crossover podcast. Hold your nose and take Pittsburgh and then just maybe not watch the game and then just check the final score and be like, did they do it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Moving on to one that I'm a little bit more confident in. The Cincinnati Bengals head to New Orleans to take on the Saints. The Saints uh, have been getting two and a half points all week at home. Uh, this was the easiest. This is going to be one of my five. I'm taking the Saints at home. Everybody still thinks the Cincinnati Bengals are good. They're getting a little too much respect as a team that fluked their way to the Super Bowl last year. I know the Saints are a bit janky, but uh, the, the, this Bengals team, I can't see. I can't envision a world where they go into New Orleans and, and get a win. I'm on the Saints all the way, and this is going to be one of my five. Bill, what say you? Yeah, I'm on New Orleans here as well. I, I think that Cincinnati could be good. I, I think they're uh, the offensive line getting it together. Even the second half of, of last week, they played so much better than the first half. Like, I, I think they still could be a good team. I'm not completely giving up, but I've seen nothing so far to make me think they're going to be able to keep pace with New Orleans, who has looked not bad, all things considered. Uh, they're still very creative with the play calling, so I think they'll be able to get a win here. And the defense should be able to do some damage in Cincinnati unless that O-line gets it together. Uh, Craig, your thoughts on Bengals Saints? Bengals are one of my five. Really? Wow. Mar- Marshawn Lattimore is not participating in this football game. That is a real problem for, for the Saints. Is that it? is a big problem for them. But the thing is, they don't. The Saints never blitz, and I think that they can get pressure with four, which is what's been killing the Bengals all year. Sure. All I'm saying is, without Lattimore, you're going to. You still have to at least somewhat think about what are we doing with Chase? What are we doing with Higgins? And Lattimore was an option of, okay, you can just cover one of those guys. Do we, do now, we have to think about Jamar Chase these days? What are his numbers this year? Yes. Jamar Chase is still extremely good and extremely talented at football. I think we do have to think about Jamar Chase. I think you can Uh, jump ball and you got to think about him. And with Lattimore there, he can shut down that jump ball. But without Lattimore, he's not around. Yeah. Jarvis Landry, not around. Michael Thomas, not around. Chris Olave has a concussion, may or may not participate. Uh, Saints have a pretty lengthy injury list is, 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 is in my reasoning for thinking that I, that I want the Bengals in this game. Taysom Hill won't run another, you know, 180 yards on the ground or whatever it was. I think that is that is highly unlikely to occur. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. And like it's it's still Andy Dalton. Like Jameis ain't playing. Like, you know, I just <laughs> that I I, I, I I know I know we love Andy Dalton jokes on this podcast, but I don't, I don't know if Andy Johnson is is uh, I don't know if Andy Dalton's killing you any worse than than Jameis yeah. Winston, who can go rogue from time to time. <laughs> I would significantly rather. Yeah, you're right. It is a revenge game. Yeah, Andy Dalton uh, revenge game. <laughs> rather, rather have Jameis is what I would say. All right. Uh, well, all right. We're in disagreement because I'm going to have the Saints as one of my five. Uh, next up, the Baltimore Ravens head to New York to take on the one and four. Yeesh, New York Giants. Is that right? One and four? Wow, it is. Uh, and the Baltimore Ravens are laying five and a half uh, coming off of the most debated analytics uh, moment of recent memory. Well, I guess two weeks in a row they, they they've yeah, uh, they, had, had two weeks in a row they went different ways and they both and they went uh, when they they went the they lost when they went the right way and they won when they went the wrong way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> football, right? Yeah, and then I saw some people saying uh, when they beat the Bengals, it was like that their argument was. They only need 19 points to win. When the game was 13-10, they're like, if if they, they only need 19 points to win because if they get it to if they get it like the argument for going for the field goal. Again, this is not my argument, but the people who were making this argument was, let's go for the field goal, get up 16 to 10, because if the Bengals take it down and score a touchdown, I only need to get it to the 45 yard line because I have Justin Tucker, and then I can win 19-17. Now that's what ended up happening. The problem with that particular strategy that the people who think that Harbaugh was kind of playing three-dimensional chess on that one is that in that scenario, you're banking on your opponent making a huge mistake. Uh, 
Uh, now, the Bengals, unfortunately for the Ravens, the Bengals obliged and went ahead and said, let's score a touchdown with a minute 15 left on the clock. And, I, yeah, like, it, it happened for the second, Ravens, right? That was second in goal. That was second in goal from the one when they scored mm. that touchdown. Yep. Do you really want to mess around with not scoring a touchdown? No, I'm not saying I'm not I'm not saying they should have. I'm just saying that is the that that you're you're counting on your opponent. I I don't know if I classify that as a mistake. Like Mm. I would rather third one from the goal with forty less seconds on the clock for sure. Keep playing Baltimore had three timeouts. Baltimore had three timeouts. So all you're doing you're costing the timeout. You're costing them zero seconds by by not scoring on that play. The right. Baltimore Ravens also in the previous two weeks saw their teams not make the mistake and score their final points with triple zeros on the yeah. clock, right? Yeah. Now, yeah. keep in mind, Buffalo got the ball back with less than two minutes to go. Cincinnati mm-hmm. started that possession with like 430 left in the game. That's true. You know, you can't – and just when you need – like if Cincinnati only needed a field goal in that situation to take the lead, you can mess around a little bit with screwing up with the, screwing around with the time. Mm-hmm. Would you have to have the touchdown – you, you can't do it. You can't do it. So they were counting on their defense, which had been pretty good that day, to get a stop. And Baltimore had scored 16 points all day. I, I just have no problem with how the Bengals handled the end of the game. Here's the problem I have with the way the Ravens handled the end of the game. You said, oh, yeah, they only needed 19 points to win. Uh, I'm no uh, mathematician, but last I checked, 13 plus 7 is 20. That is yep. more than 19. Exactly. I would have wanted to get seven points instead of three. Call me crazy, uh, but that's what I would have wanted to do. Also, um, it was fourth and inches, and I just and and yeah. what was it? The Kelsey brothers have been doing this podcast where uh, uh, not Travis Kelsey. What's what's the other one who's Jason. retired? Jason Kelsey. Thank you, Jason Jay- Kelsey. Is he? Oh yeah, he's still playing. Uh, but he's screaming that about like about like when you need hat like there's no play in football that has a and this is something that analytics guys have been screaming about for years there's no play that has a, a higher success rate when it's fourth and less than a yard or whatever and less than a yard to get a first down or whatever you need than the quarterback sneak and for whatever reason teams just won't go to it except for well, bill belichick all those Bengals, years he had Tom Brady. literally exactly that play and actually i was while well, i was texting I was texting Billy during that game, and I'm like, I think the Bengals should go sneak here. I think that's the way to go. And lo and behold, Joe Burrow gets into the end zone on a sneak. So the Bengals did it when they had their chance. Yeah, but yeah, the Ravens didn't for whatever reason. They ran some weird And they still wind up did. winning. And, that, and look, the, the Ravens, you know, when people say, like, the Ravens do unquestionably have an advantage of their kicker never misses, and he can yeah. get it from 60. Like, that yeah. is, there's no question. That is a massive advantage. That they yeah. have. I would not disagree with that. I just think that having 20 points is better than having 19. Yeah, I completely agree. Ravens laying five and a half against the New York Jets. Baltimore's third in DVOA. Sorry, New York Giants. Baltimore's third in DVOA. Giants are 18th. Uh, quick question for Bill. Are the New York Giants the highest rated team in DVOA? No. No, you are correct. That is the New York Jets, who are one spot ahead of them at 17th. <laughs> yeah, way to go. Uh, what do you think on this one? Ravens laying five and a half on the road against a frisky New York Giants team. I I, I think it's got to be Baltimore. I, I'm not much of a believer in the Giants. I never have been, and I don't think I will be this year. I think they just haven't been tested enough, and I think Baltimore's a good enough team that they're going to struggle with it. I think Baltimore runs over these guys. Giants four and one is their record four and one ATS as well, which makes sense because any of the games that they won, they were likely down. Uh, they were likely underdogs in Craig, who you got in Ravens giants. I also have Baltimore. The Giants thing is definitely smoke and mirrors. London games are weird and weird stuff happens. And then you look at the other wins. You're like, Oh, these teams aren't necessarily all that good that they're beating. So Yeah. I am going to uh, take the Ravens here, uh, and I think this is going to be one of my five. The aforementioned Nye Jets in their 17th-ranked DVOA head into Green Bay to take on the Packers. The Packers are ranked, where are they, Ninth in DVOA? That's somewhat surprising. 
Um, the Jets are getting seven and a half on the road. I kind of like the Jets here. I think they're going to be one of my five. Um, Sauce Gardner looks absolutely tremendous in that secondary. Only five games into his career. The thing that's killing the Green Bay Packers right now is when it's third and eight, they can't convert that play. And uh, the reason they can't convert that play is because they traded away their guy who converts that play so easily. They don't have anybody who can get open one-on-one. The Jets' secondary, I think, is really good. The Packers are probably going to win this game, but I foresee it being off a a last-second field goal type of Packers win. So I'm I'm on the Jets catching the 7.5 on the road. Uh, Billy, what say you on this one? I'm loving the Jets. What have the Packers done this year to deserve this much respect? I they're nothing. I mean, they 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 lost to the Vikings. They lost to uh, the Giants. Like they they've done. They beat nobody good. Um, there's no reason they should be getting this much respect. I think this is name respect, and that's it. Uh, absolutely, give me the Jets on this one. I think I agree. We're both on the Jets. Craig, what say you? I'm on the Jets, too. I think the Jets are going to be able to. And and I will say this. I think that everyone's running the ball in this game. I think both teams are going to be able to move it on the ground, and both teams may be struggling to move it through the air. Um, but I will uh, I will take the Jets in this game uh, to cover the spread. Uh, Green Bay, like, obviously the Adams thing, it's definitely they, – they definitely miss him. I think what they've got to do a little more often is – they're they're really good out of their sets with both Jones and Dylan on the field. They have to do that more often. Just get like no Jones and Dylan are your second and third best offensive players. Just have them out there all the time together. Like I know you don't want to like you know run both guys into the ground. That's fine. So, but they, they should do more plays where both those guys are out there. Well, they can both they do some. Out they the yeah, they're, they 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 both can do a lot of different stuff. Like just and, opens and, up, uh, so you know, much. split. You can split Jones out wide. Like Jones is a good pass catcher. Like Dylan's not bad, but Jones you can split him out wide and like have him like play like a receiver. And then you have, if you have Dylan in the backfield with him and Jones uh, Jones out there in the slot or wherever it happens to be, the defense is going to be off guard. And they run these plays a lot, and these plays are successful. I don't know why they do don't do it more frequently than they do. Um, but yeah, I definitely I, I do want the Jets in this game. Last game of the 1 o'clock slate, the Jacksonville Jaguars head into Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Colts coming off of um, 10 days rest after that abysmal game against your Broncos last Thursday, Craig. Yeah. Yeah. Never show this again. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. That, that I feel as though there, there, if there's a spaceballs quote to uh, define that football game, <laughs> fact, never show this again would definitely be the quote. I have never seen a team's fans and the Denver Broncos unquestionably have tremendous, tremendous fans that know the game of football and are incredibly loyal to that team when they were leaving before the overtime started, that spoke volumes, absolute volumes to me about yeah. how they feel I, Essentially, they were saying, I don't even care how this ends. Like, yeah. that's, what, that's what people are saying in that moment. I don't care. And it wasn't like three people. It was yeah. swaths of people left that game. It was – I could not believe that I was seeing that. Anyway, uh, we mentioned uh, Bucks steelers was the, the biggest discrepancy in DVOA. This one – the second biggest, but not the way you think. Indianapolis Colts dead last in DVOA, 32nd. Jacksonville Jaguars 7th in DVOA. Colts laying 2.5. Give me the Jaguars. They're one of my five. They are unquestionably the better team. I know they've been scuffling a little bit here these last couple of weeks. Uh, Trevor uh, Lawrence hasn't looked too great the last couple of weeks. He had the one game with the with the four turnovers, and last week he was a little skittish there. I think he writes the ship. Uh, the, Colt, the Jaguars are the better team. They have the better talent, and they have the better coaching. The only thing that has me a little bit worried is that Frank Reich teams in the past have done this where they start shitty for like the first four or five weeks of the season, and then – get hot in the midweeks and then it's basically a coin flip in the, in the final couple of weeks, whether or not they make the playoffs or not, or if they biff a, a, a game against a team they should beat. But uh, for this game, easily one of my five Jacksonville Jaguars catching uh, two points against what I perceive to be a really bad Indianapolis Colts team uh, that got a just insanely fluky win on that Thursday game. Uh, what say you, Billy? 
Yeah, I, I think I'm on Jacksonville here. I, I think the last couple weeks, Jacksonville has they, they've turned the ball over like crazy. They've lost a couple ugly games that way. You got to assume that they're going to regress to the mean a little bit. The first few games they played this year, they actually looked like a team that was going to be competitive. Last couple, they didn't, but I, I like to think that they are going to be a competitive football team and that they're going to write it a little bit this week. So getting a couple points with a team they already beat this year, I think. Um, yes. I, I'm taking Jacksonville here. Yeah, it is weird. They got the, the second game of this matchup out six weeks in the season. Yeah, a little strange. Uh, we're both on the Jaguars. Craig, what say you? Well, you know what I'm on? <laughs> I'm on Scott Hanson not showing this game fair enough yeah it's been a while i honestly i i, I would have considered buck Steelers too who the hell wants to i know that i know there's a lot of name power on the bucks game but that offense is not fun to watch man that is like that, i think I, they, I think it's i think it's a get right game for tampa bay on offense this week i think that they're going to be able to move the ball a little bit yeah, um wow. uh i i i think jacksonville's a lot better than the colts like mm-hmm. significantly DVOA suggests uh, the same thing. Seven versus yeah, dead last. Dead yeah, last. no, give me, uh, give me the Jags in this game. I think the Jags win. Uh, they're just, they're just better than the Colts are, and I, uh, I have no, no qualms about, uh, about saying they're going to be the team that, uh, that covers the spread in this game. And I think the Colts are going to be uh, the, the uh, Jaguars rather are going to be one of my five. Yeah, not really much to speak of in terms of marquee matchups this week. I suppose it's it's probably Vikings Dolphin Dolphins Bill actually. Now that I'm I'm kind of yeah, staring at yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah. one of the, one of those teams is playing their third quarterback. True. Yeah. yeah. Not not yeah. Not it's uh, not a it's, it's not a juicy one o'clock slate. Maybe Ravens Giants. Honestly, but do you want to know that's the game I'm most excited Giants. about? One o'clock slate to watch. Jets Packers. Yeah, I can see that. There's a lot of intrigue in that. Okay. Yeah. Let's head to the 4 o'clock slate. The Arizona Cardinals are heading to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. This line opened up at Seahawks plus three. Sharps came in on the Seahawks, and it is and we've lost half a point. It's now Cardinals minus two and a half. I'm on the Seahawks. They're going to be one of my five. Uh, Billy, let me ask you a question. Fantasy football, mm-hmm. uh, I offer you Russell Wilson for Geno Smith. What do you say to me? Oh, no. I <laughs> say no, and then I'm right with Geno. I, I'm in that three quarterback league, and I gotta keep Geno. Isn't that insane? I realize fantasy football is not the best metric for this sort of thing, but is that not insane? Yeah. That's insane. You would flat out turn that down these days. God, that's madness. I mean, Wilson might end up with more W's at the end of the season, <laughs> but I'd still, for fantasy football, I'd rather have Geno Smith. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, how do you feel about the the Cardinals getting laying the two and a half on the road, Craig? Oh, I love the Seahawks win this game outright. Yeah, me too. Uh, like uh, you know, you know, I, I, and you like you look at the money line, and obviously it depends on uh, depends on where you're going. But a lot of the places, the money line is also quite appetizing for Seattle. We're talking uh, Fanduel has it plus one twenty four. Like, yeah, I like I can I can bet that. You know, yeah. Um, a little Seahawks so, Jags money line maybe. Kind of like yeah, that. the Jags. Uh, at that very same website are going off a of plus one fourteen. Yeah, that's actually that sounds pretty good actually. Yeah, you know, that's something we do. Uh, but yeah, no, give me the Seahawks to win the game outright. Uh, I think it's I think like no one's stopping anyone in this game though. I believe like the the Seattle defense is legitimately bad. Like they are bad. Uh, but the offense is fun. Give me. Yeah, I, I think Seattle wins, but it's high scoring. This is the last game without Hopkins, right? Or does he get back for this one? He is. This is the last game without Hopkins. This yeah, is. So- uh, now the, now the Cardinals have a bye after this week. So two more weeks uh, but before we see him back. in uniform. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Like the Cardinals offense, if you look at Kyler's passer rating over the years, there is a very clear dividing line between when Hopkins is on the field and when he's not. And it, it's a lot better when Hopkins is on the field. Uh, but I'm very curious to see if the Cardinals can figure things out. Like I, I think they will score points this week, to be clear. I think they score a lot of points this week. Uh, but uh, I'm very clear to see how the Cardinals figure things out once Hopkins back and they can be a little more efficient and look a little less clunky. Yeah, so we're all on the Seahawks. It just fifteen seems... and a half, by the way, is the over/under in this game, which is, is is high. But I kind like 
even though I try to avoid betting overs, I we don't like busting out. We 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 very rarely commit to the over. We only, but once in a while we like to bust it out. But uh, man, I've been betting the unders on these Thursday games. <laughs> the past two Thursday games, I've had the like first oh, that's half. Been profitable for you. It has, yeah. I've had the first half under and the total under, under. This past week, eighteen. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, it's been yeah, it's it's been glorious to, and, you know, it hasn't been glorious to watch that bad of football. But when you have the under, you're like, <laughs> like usually when you see a game go into overtime and you have the under, you're worried. But uh, not that one time <laughs> it was smooth sailing. All right, we're all on the Seahawks. Uh, next up game for the the Carolina Panthers, who just fired Matt Rule and are contemplating a fire sale of somewhat uh i think they might trade a couple of guys at buffalo reached out about mccaffrey that would have been juicy i i the young cost control guy if they want to get rid of mccaffrey i guess i'm fine with that but like the young cost control guys they they if if i see some of those guys getting picked off the panthers then i'm gonna need people to be fired well, sorry, I'm going to need more people to be fired, I guess. Yeah, Matt Rule already <laughs> doesn't work there anymore. Yeah. I just look at the Panthers roster, and I think to myself, like, there isn't really a lot. If I'm a contending team, there isn't really a lot to go get there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what, you know, I just, yeah, anyway. All their, all their good guys, like I said, they're young cost control guys that are in their first or second year who have not, who are yet to peak. Right, like, and, yeah. and then well, Christian McCaffrey's JC pretty Ford good. Would be a nice ad, and Brian yeah. Jones would be a nice ad. I don't think those guys are going anywhere. No, yeah, yeah, um, those are the guys. Like, if they start moving Burns and guys like that, then I'm gonna be upset. Unless but, they're like, trading the, the Lions, you know? Yeah. If I'm the Panthers and the Bills call me and yeah. say, "Hey, can we have Christian McCaffrey for a first? Uh, and the Bills say, "You're gonna have to eat a bunch of money, but we'll talk about it." I, I would eat the money. Yeah. I, I, that's not a terrible idea for, especially for a guy who's oft injured too. Uh, this game is Rams minus ten. I think you, I think you're taking the Carolina Panthers. This is not one of my five, but what I'll say is not one of my five yet. What I'll say is that Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald are both on the injuring report right now. If either one of those guys is missing this game, Carolina's an automatic into the five. The, 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 this Rams team has been so bad and. Uh, have, have not showed anything. They're 25th in DVOA. Now, Carolina's second to last and 31st, but that's because they basically had the, a, a corpse at quarterback the next couple of games. If it ends up being P.J. – God, I can't even remember his last name. Uh, P.J. Walker. P.J. Walker, thank you. I was going to say P.J. Tucker, but that's basketball. Uh, P.J. Walker is starting this game. I probably don't care, uh, especially if the Rams are missing Cup and, and the like, because the Rams – cannot move the football right now they are so bad and they should not be laying 10 against anybody even if it is the corpse Panthers. also you get the 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 coach fired uh, the coach just got fired bump which we love on this podcast so there's a lot of a lot of signs pointing for for uh me liking the panthers uh they're not officially one of my five right now but they're very very fringe and there's a strong possibility that Sunday morning I'm tweeting out hey yeah panthers are one of my five uh rams laying 10 what say you billy yeah, it's got to be the the Panthers here. I mean, the, the Rams just have not like the Rams last year would put up enough numbers where you go, yeah, sure, ten point spread, that makes sense. The the Rams are not doing that this year, and my God, they they rely so much on Cup if he doesn't play. This should be four. Uh, I think you're getting a lot of free points with Carolina here, so take Carolina and laugh. If Cup doesn't play, what does this line actually get to? Like, it's still going to be like eight, right? It, it I will, think it goes lower than that. But I don't think they even deserve that. Yeah. I think it goes lower than eight if Cup's out. Like, David Edwards had a concussion this past week, not going to play. Brian Allen uh, is not, it looks like, going to participate. Um, so there are, and, and obviously, you know, Andrew Whitworth is not on the team anymore. Like, their offensive line that won the Super Bowl last year, like, those guys are not around, you know? Like, it's just... It's been ugly in every conceivable way. I'm taking Carolina whether Cup plays or not. Yeah, like Stafford is just getting the absolute shit beat out of him every game. But I will say this. Yes. I will say this. If you want Carolina, which I do, take them now. Don't wait for any weird Rams injury news to lower the line. Just take them now. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah. 
it, it, there's just so many signs that we like. There's, there's, there's a lot of, like, you know, historical trends that we kind of like, like the coach fired bump and just – the Rams are bad, man. They're bad. Like, has a team – we've been doing this podcast a long time. Has a team in the bottom – 25th in DVOA laid 10 at any point? Like, no. Wow. Wow. That's madness. Uh, yeah, Carolina, and I'm probably going to have him as one of my five. I've been, I've been humming and hawing all day. Um, Billy, did, did I uh, ask you about this one? Uh, yeah, you did. I was on Carolina. Oh, nice. Okay, so we're all three of us are on Carolina. Uh, last game of the 4 o'clock slate and the marquee matchup to end all marquee matchup, perhaps potentially game of the season or at least matchup of the season. I don't know why it's not in prime time. I know Cowboys and Eagles are, are a combined nine and one or whatever it is right now, and they're an NFC East team. But for the love of God, this Bills Chiefs game. At least it should be on Monday night, Craig. <laughs> like, boo to the Monday night matchup. <laughs> uh, Bills Chiefs. Sharps are divided on this one, you guys. This line opened up at uh, Chiefs minus or Chiefs plus two and a half, and has stayed there. Sharp money has come in on the Bills. A lot of sharp money's coming on the Bills. Some sharp money's coming on the Chiefs, too. So, obviously, there's some guys who have their models saying this is the Bills, even though it's on the road. And there's some models saying, hey, I'm getting Kansas City and I'm getting Patrick Mahomes with the – I'm getting Patrick Mahomes getting money or, or like, getting points at home. How often am I going to get that? And I'm pretty sure I read a stat that said that uh, Patrick Mahomes is 7-0-1 against the spread as an underdog in his career. So that's something. Uh, I realize it's not a 100-game sample size or anything like that, but, you know, it is what it is. Water gun to my head. Christ, this is a tough one. But, ah. God, I don't even know. Craig, what do you think about Bills Chiefs here with the Bills laying two and a half? I want Kansas City. Yeah. I just, like, like I just – doesn't this feel like a close game? Now – there are some places where you can get this at three, and that is a real big half point if you can go find it. it. Sure is. That's a key number uh, at three, as the, yeah, as yeah. the Sharps would say. Um, but I, I, I love Kansas City at the three. I'm a little more wishy-washy at the two and a half, but I think I lean that way. I just love that the Bills are minus two and a half in Kansas City, and I'm just like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, that's the right line. That's the right line, for sure, for sure. That's It's madness. Uh, Bill, what do you think on this one? Speak on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the Bills here. I, I think that the Bills have ha, have played better teams this year. I think they're both fantastic teams. This is going to be an amazing football game. Uh, I just think the Bills have been more reliable, and I think they're going to be able to move the ball with consistency. I think Mahomes will struggle more with the Bills' defense than Allen and the Chiefs' defense. So I'm taking Buffalo here. Uh, so it's up to Matt Pierce to break the tie, the man who couldn't make a decision. Uh, <laughs> so whatever I say, I'm not going to be confident in it. it it's just this has all the cadence of just a great football game. I wish it was a primetime game, but you know it is what it is. Well, that's that's on CBS. I, I suspect that yeah. CBS said the league like when they when like when they realized Fair. Buffalo and Kansas City was going to be a thing. They're like, you're not moving this. So there. Yeah, here. give us that, please. Uh, yeah. I, I just has just has all the cadence of a last quarterback that has the ball wins the game game right like it just i'm gonna take the bills i'm gonna take the bills i don't it's it's not something i in, enjoy doing because I'm, I'm staring at a great quarterback as a home dog with a great team and a great coach i just think this what we're watching with this particular brand of the buffalo bills is is currently something just absolutely special and uh bills are first in dvoa chiefs are eighth uh, Chiefs special teams uh, dragging them down a little bit there. And maybe that's the difference in this game. Maybe the Chiefs make a little mistake on special teams and the Bills capitalize. So I'm going to go Bills minus two and a half, but I, I, I clearly don't feel uh, incredibly strong about it. Sunday night, Dallas Cowboys head to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Uh, should be a great game. Unfortunately, we're not getting the best of the number anymore because this game opened up at Eagles minus four. And it is now Eagle. I'm starting at Eagles minus six and a half. So that means the Sharps have come in hard and kept hammering the Eagles until now. And there's now. another thing it means. At the beginning of the week, it looked like there was a chance that Dak Prescott might participate in this football game. But as the week progressed, it became more and more apparent that he would not be. Yeah. So I believe so, that is also influencing the way this number's moved. 
That's true. I, I But obviously the Sharps loved it at the four, even if it was Dak Prescott or Cooper Rush. Uh, the yep. Eagles' first half spread has been one of the best uh, one of the best bets going these days, and I think it will remain this way. So if you're betting, if you're one of those compulsive diet types who just has to gamble, I would take the Eagles in the first half uh, against the spread on this one. See if that keeps clicking for everybody. Uh, I unfortunately I have no opinion on this game, and it's currently a stay away for me because we're not getting the best of the number anymore. So I'm just prepared for what I hope will be a pretty darn good game about uh, two of two NFC East rivals. Uh, Billy, what do you think? Eagles currently laying six and a half. Yeah, I, I like the Eagles here. You're right. We're not getting the best of the number, and that's unfortunate. But I think the Eagles are a significantly better team than Dallas. I think they're especially with what was Cooper Rush. Um, the Eagles are just they're way better. They're they're just going to be more consistent. I think the Eagles are going to make short work at Dallas. I think they're going to beat them by a touchdown easy. Uh, but I hate betting and not getting the best of the numbers. So uh, there's some hesitation. Uh, Craigie, uh, what do you think, Eagles, uh, Cowboys? Yeah, it's uh, as the line has moved. I've thought more and more about Dallas. Like, have we considered the possibility that this is a game where there just aren't a lot of points that get scored? Uh, I like think I, Vegas is considering the line is only 42. Yeah, that's a very real possibility. If there aren't that many points that get scored, do I want to be giving up six and a half of them? It's sound logic. It's like I said, I, I just I like this Eagles team better, and we're just not getting the best of the number anymore. So if I'm leading, anyway... I, I, for me, for me, it's the Cowboys. Yeah. And look, I I, I, I I was not a Cooper Rush believer when this started. And guess what? I'm still not a Cooper Rush believer. The people that say that, oh, the, the, the Cowboys have a quarterback controversy are out of their goddamn minds. Uh, you know, watch the offense and you tell me which quarterback is better. Uh, yeah, the Cowboys won some games. That's great. I think their pass rush has been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and that's a big reason why they're winning some of these games. Um, yeah, I... And, and the Eagles did not look great uh, in that in that game against Arizona. The second half, the offense got a little bit clogged. Uh, I, I think the Eagles win the game, but I want the six and a half points. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you. At this point, the line's just, it, it's gotten too high, and I'm, I'm, I'm on the Cowboys at the six and a half. So, yeah, I think I agree with you. Not going to be one of my five, though. And I don't know, maybe if you wait till game time, uh, with uh, people trying to get right, you might get a full seven with the Cowboys. Uh, yep. If the public comes in on the Eagles uh, before before this game happens. So that might be the play. Last game of the week, the Monday night matchup. The Denver Broncos yet again in a primetime matchup. So uh, ugh, um, we get to watch them again. So it's Russell Wilson not looking too great going up against Justin Herbert still banged up. Interesting. Uh, Chargers laying four and a half. The Chargers are four and one against the spread, so they're one of the teams you gotta you gotta look at uh, spread wise. Whereas Denver is one and four, so definitely a disparity uh, between these two teams. ATS. Uh, Craig, your team heading into LA to take on the uh, the Chargers, uh, getting four and a half. Speak on it. Well. Uh, Denver has been missing on all pro safety for basically the entire season and their defense is fourth in DVOA. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I really do believe they're going to be able to slow the charges offense. And if you look at, you know, the, the, the games that Herbert has played against Denver, the Broncos have been able to do that over the years. Uh, the question is, what do we get out of the Denver offense? And, this is the thing that people are not talking about with the Denver offense. A lot of people are talking about, oh, no, Javante Williams, which is significant. Uh, there hasn't been Tim Patrick all year. Tim Patrick's really good. Uh, the latest was in the, in the Colts game was Garrett Bowles. And tackle was one of the spots coming into the year. And I've, I've, I've got the tweets because Broncos fans on Twitter were talking about it. Hey, what's like, other than Russell Wilson, who's the guy that we can least afford getting hurt? And I'm like, Garrett Bowles is obviously the answer to this. Um, because tackle is just a weak spot. And now they're going to be down the two guys who probably shouldn't be starting a tackle. Uh, you know, they're fine swing tackles, but, you know, it, it, Garrett Bowles is up for the year. So I've got some significant concerns about the Broncos' offensive line. That said, we've seen Russell Wilson behind bad offensive lines before. Maybe that's the secret. Uh, maybe, maybe if he's running for his life, he plays. <laughs> 
Honestly, there's a little something to it. Let me explain. Uh, the offenses just look completely out of place. Like, the scheme is off. Wilson's been off. Like, he's missed, uh, like, not like missing open guys with throws. He's missed open guys, whereas he should have seen them and thrown them the ball and then not done it. Maybe he just needs to be running for his life a little bit. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I lean Denver in this game. Uh, the DVOA would tell you that these teams are pretty gosh darn similar, 11 and 13. Uh, I lean Denver at the four and a half. <sighs> I am so scared about this game because one of these two coaches is going to make an apocalyptically bad decision. Yes, and and I'm afraid to be on whatever side of that decision is. So and there's no way to know who it's going to be. Exactly, there's no way to know which guy's going to do it. it. This game scares the bejesus out of me. Uh, so I think when I'm betting this game on Monday, I'm going to be looking at uh, totals. I'm going to be looking at uh, yeah, just a, a, a lot of totals and props. I think for this one, I I I don't want to. I just I don't have the wherewithal. Or quite frankly, the intelligence to make a informed decision on these two games, on these two teams, and I, I'm just scared to the high heavens of of being on either side of this one. Billy, what do you think? Yeah, I think I think I'm taking the points here. I think this is division game. I think the Chargers are better, but not better enough to be getting that many. So I'm going to take the points on this one. I'm going to assume that that Denver defense can keep it close. Uh, and what little their offense is able to do is enough to keep them within five. So give me uh, give me Denver on this one. All right. So that is it for week six. All that is left to do is our picks. Uh, Billy, why don't you kick us off for week six and uh, give us your fatal five. And as always, uh, stay uh in tune to the uh, my Twitter account, uh, mpierce6, which is the uh, account that I use and also for the show in case we want to make any changes to our picks before uh, before they lock in on uh, Sunday at 1 o'clock. Uh, Billy, proceed, please. All righty. I will take the just-talked-about Denver Broncos. Oh, you are insane, my guy. A madman, I tell you. Uh, I will take Buffalo. They're actually good, so that's legit. (laughs) I will take Minnesota because I'm a believer. These picks are wild. I will take New England. Some free points in there, I think. And then I will chutzpah and take Pittsburgh. Oh, Billy, you took one home team, and it's the team that's getting nine and a half. Yep, I need every one of them. (laughs) You are a madman, sir. I love it. Uh, Craig, who you got? Uh, I'm looking at some places where I can get the Bengals minus one and a half. That might be a slightly uh, this morning line before the Lattimore news. What are you offering me the Bengals at? Uh, I'll, I'll be generous. I'll give you the one and a half if you want it. All right. Bengals one and a half then, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will be taking the Atlanta Falcons. That's five, right? Uh, I'll give you the five and a half actually as well. Okay, thank you. Uh, I previously uh, considered them. Uh, New York Jets. What are you giving me with the Jets? Is it six and a half or seven? Uh, seven and a half. Because uh, I'm seven and still a half seven, seven and a half from what I'm staring point. at right now. Yep. There you go. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, point and a half? Uh, I got plus two and a half here. Two and a half it is. All right. Yep. So, see, like the, these lines are moving. And then my last one uh, Carolina Panthers. All right. I'm doing the 10 now while I can. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to share three with you there, Craig. Uh, Jacksonville. Give me give me Jacksonville. Give me the Jets. Give me the Panthers. Uh, I'm fading you a little bit. I'm giving me the New Orleans plus the two and a half. I was super confident when we discussed that segment, and I think it would be quite sheepish of me to uh, not back that up, making them one of my five. And uh, for my fifth and final of the Fatal Five, <coughs> excuse me, Jesus, give me uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, to cover and I think quite frankly outright outright in English uh, win the game uh, against Arizona. Uh, that is it for this week. Crossover Podcast available at the crossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast and iTunes. Please rate and subscribe. Five stars only. Uh, we're also on Google Play, Spotify and Stitcher and pretty much any podcatcher you have. Please leave us a review on any of those and as always you don't have to listen but please download the Crossover Podcast. Uh, that is it for this week. Um, pretty busy unfortunately. I was hoping to get uh, on the other side and talk about some of the, 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 the cool stuff that uh, that's been out recently for the uh, more nerdish side like she hulk was pretty darn good 
and Andor might be the best thing that Star Wars has done ever. And there's no lightsabers in it. Go figure. Uh, so there's that. Uh, yeah, so I'll try to get on the other side and, and, and talk about that stuff. But either way, hopefully we'll be back if we're not too busy next week uh, with you guys to break down week six and talk about week seven because I love doing this. Uh, anyway, that is it. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on the Crossover Podcast. Thank <laughs> you.